All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Speak True Sports Podcast. I'm Bert, as as you know, and today I'm joined by two very special guests to talk about some NBA draft stuff. We're going to be doing a live mock draft. This is just for fun. We're going to goof around. Um, Not every pick is going to be exactly what we think it's going to be, but we'll be exploring some possibilities along the way as well. So don't take it too seriously. Kick back, relax, and have some fun. Let me introduce my two special guests, though. First, we have Jaden. Say hi to That's me. And then we also have uh, Mr. West, uh, but his Twitter, or sorry, his Instagram handle is at Pissed Off Wizards Fan. So go ahead and introduce yourself, Mr. West. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to do a not so serious mock draft with you guys. All right, let's uh, let's not waste too much time on this. Let's uh, let's kick off with number one. I got number one. We're gonna be going in the we're gonna be rotating in our in the order whatever of of what we're picking. So I got the first pick. Uh, you got the second pick, right, West? Oh, no, no, no. Jaden does. Jaden's got Jayden's second. Pick. All right, Jaden's got the second pick. I got, I got the third pick. West got the third pick. All right. With the first pick in the 2022, that's the year, right? NBA draft. The Orlando Magic are. Uh, I'm going to make him select Chet Holmgren. That's crazy. Uh, there you go. All right. All so, right. so Chet's a Chet's a true unicorn type of player. He's yeah, uh, he does almost everything well that you could ask for in a center. His only issue is his strength. Uh, and people are really worried about that. I'm not as worried about that. I don't think there are as many dominating post big men nowadays anyway. So I think he'll be fine. And if he needs to spend a year or two at power forward, just to bulk up, I think he can do that as well. But yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of smoke about Jabari Smith going to the magic. I think it's smoke. I think the Magic are looking at Chet, man. I think I think they like him the most, uh, and I think somebody else even came out with a report that was saying the the Magic might be eyeing Chet. So, yeah, there, there was this couple with the last like day or two uh, saying that Jabari's falling a little bit in the eyes of Orlando scouts. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think Orlando's made a decision. Sorry, go ahead. I don't think Orlando's made a decision, but like, yeah, it was. Yeah. I was like a few weeks ago, it was like Jabari was like their consensus, but like, but I don't think that's true, but he's still the heavy betting favorite, which I would not take. <laughs> it's like a minus 200. I would not take that. Yeah, it's not uh, worth it. All right, Jaden, do you want to go with number two? All right. Yeah. I'll be drafting second for the Oklahoma city thunder and second pick 2022 draft. Um, I mean, I guess I'll take Jabari Smith. Uh, I was, uh, Really hoping for Chet to fall just because I think he's a much better prospect. But with Jabari, you get you know what you get. You get a you get a three and D wing. He's got potential to shoot over anybody with his insanely large and long frame. And I mean very yeah, he's six ten, long arms, great shooter. He's uh, he's a great wing defender. I mean, he's definitely got some flaws with him only shooting forty three point five percent from two and not being a very good interior defender as a power for 610 power forward but i feel like with all of his strengths those flaws will be will be uh pretty easy to hide in a dev- uh, such a developmental team as the thunder are so I saw someone yeah. to compare yeah. to him uh, someone that had a player comparison for him it was a just power forward clay thompson which is i kind of got like he has really good mechanics he, and, and he's he pretty he moves well like like off of like one dribble or off the ball, but I don't know. I feel like obviously like obviously his handle's not good, but 
I feel like he, he's he, he he's pretty fluid though. When it's a, yeah, it's like the, just raising biggest, up. I mean, the biggest problem with Jabari is, like Jaden said, the two point percentage. Uh, he needs to get better finishing uh, at the rim, which is a little concerning yeah. for a guy who's six foot ten. Very, very bad finisher. Yeah. Uh, I think within zero to three feet, he's around fifty three percent, which that's pretty bad for a point guard. That's like six three, let alone a six ten yeah. power forward. That's abysmal, and that's going to be something he's going to work on. But I, I mean. OKC, they can develop their, mm-hmm. like, and I think with his strength, I think they'll be able to hide that, and I think it'll be fine. Yeah, for, for reference, I mean, most point guards are around 60% at the rim, if not better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to be 53 at, at, at six foot 10 is really, really bad. Especially but, at the collegiate level. Yeah. Isn't but, he, like, the youngest player in the draft, though, or something like that? He's not the youngest, but he's, like, 18. He, he, right yeah, now. he's young. He's one of the youngest. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Sam Presti. I, I think he wants Jabari Smith to fall. If I'm being honest, because I, I feel like he's gonna look at him as like KD Junior. and he's gonna try and develop him like a KD. Even though they're I mean, completely different. No, they're completely I don't, different. I don't know. I think. Like, I think. I, mean, I think Chet's a very Presti player. I mean, I feel like granted Chet's Chet, so he's a any kind of GM player. But I mean, Presti likes those unicorn type players. He drafted Poku. That's true. Uh, and I, no one was thinking Poku went 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I could see, I could see Presti even reaching as far to, to grab Nikola Jovic at 12, if I'm being completely honest, that just seems like a move he would make. He's very non like basis. Like he's got his own, his own thing and he, he doesn't listen to anybody. So you could, yeah, he's looking for the high ceiling, absolute hit ticks. Yep. Like, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm getting my guy. I don't care at all about any consensus, consensus draft boards. I just feel like this guy. He could be so great. I'm, I'm get, I'm doing, I'm. Re, if I have to reach to take him, I don't care. I'm taking him. He's, he, yeah, he goes, he goes against the norm, I guess. But yeah, because just if, like yeah, the tanking too. But if a single high ceiling guy pans out like a Poku, if you would have panned out, you put him next to SGA. They already got, and then you got guys like Trey Mann, who's already proved that he's going to be a good, a good bench player. You got. You got Josh Giddy. I know there's a lot of different opinions on him, but he can he's still gonna be a great playmaker. He's gonna be a great initiator for that offense. You get a, like that kind of group around someone like Poku or Chet, like if they're if their ceiling hits, that, that's that's a potential dynasty right there. Yep. So a lot of ifs though. Uh, and it really depends on who do you think has the higher ceiling, Jabari or uh or Chet. Uh, but let's go to West for the Houston Rockets pick, number three. Who do you got them taking? All right, so third pick, Chet and Jabari off the board. Um, they got building around KPJ and Jalen. I still think they're going to try to keep KPJ at point guard, which I, which I think it ended the season pretty well. I feel like people don't give KPJ credit for that. He was, he was actually pretty efficient. But I don't really see him as a long-term point guard, but we'll have to see. Um, they got Christian Wood, who doesn't really fit their timeline, even though he's like what in the mid twenties. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna go, in my opinion, best player available, uh, Paulo Bancaro, uh, power forward out of Duke. I feel like, I feel like he's just, I don't know, he's a really good shot creating power forward. He can space the floor. He defensively, he's not there yet, but I feel like he can be good. Um. Uh, I mean, yeah. He has yeah. the tools defensively. He's just got to work on rec- recognizing coverages and or recognizing um, yeah. offensive coverage, stuff like that. Uh, I think Paolo c- 
could be really good. His he actually is a sneaky good playmaker as well. So yeah. he could also help them out uh, mm-hmm. in terms of passing the ball. And then finally, I mean, overall, I think his defense, you know, it I think it's gonna be less of a concern when uh there's with the NBA spacing. Well, uh, it's it's I mean to me it's not really a concern, it's just not really close to being a strength right now for him, but yeah, and I think he's got the tools to make it a strength. Or not necessarily a strength, but definitely something that's not like he can a lot I mean, of I wouldn't like, be surprised you know, if he in his rookie year he's actually serviceable as a defender, but oh yeah, for sure. I mean he's athletic too, not a freak athlete, but like he'll be yeah. able to especially if he plays power forward, he'll be able to stay in front of most power forwards and he'll be able to force tough shots. And you know, power forward is quite easily, in my opinion, the worst position like just amongst the nba like it's got the least amount of talent of any position so if he's consistently guarding fours i don't think it's gonna be a big issue also didn't the rockets for the majority of the season run wood at the five or am i wrong here no they ran like tice when they had him at the five they Uh, ran tice at the five they ran they ran wood at the five like minimally okay wood's a pretty a pretty rough defensive five yeah he's yeah he's not a good protector at all um the thing with paulo though is he reminds me a lot of a pistons blake griffin i don't know if anyone else thinks that but i think it's like other than i feel like uh paulo's quite a bit more athletic than blake griffin was um when he was in detroit but other than that i think they're like pretty much same player good scorer um from good finisher good mid-range shooter i think i think he can be a much better playmaker but i I oh yeah Blake Griffin was a decent player. I think he was averaging like five assists a game in Detroit. He was a pretty good Paolo, playmaker. Yeah, he was pretty good. I think Paulo could get around five to seven, depending on the system that he gets to and his usage rate, whatever. Yeah, and I think out of the top three, I think Paulo has the best chance to be the number one scorer on a playoff team. Yeah, I, I think he's guy. definitely got. I think he's the best scorer of the three, no doubt about it. And overall, offensively, he's probably the best offensive player, at least as of now. Yeah. Um, I think he's got pretty easily the lowest ceiling of the three. Yeah. Which um, you know, it it is what it is. When you're going up yeah, against guys like Chet or Jabari, your ceiling's gonna be tough to beat considering both of their ceilings are pretty high. But I mean, I think that's just I think that's the only reasonable pick for the Rockets right there. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the next guy, the next few guys coming up, a lot of them are guards. They've already got Jalen Green. They've got KPJ. They've got plenty of guards. They, they need some wings. All right, let's uh, let's speed it up a little bit here because we got a lot of picks to go through. Yeah, true, true, true. I'm gonna throw start. I'm gonna start throwing the curveballs right here. This is where it's gonna get dicey. If I got number four. I got the Kings. Look, man, the Kings. They took Marvin Bagley second overall. They could take literally anybody here, and I would not be surprised. And I'm gonna lean into that, and I'm gonna have the Kings taking a guy. I'll explain the pick in a second. Just give me, give me. I'll let the shock wear off first. Number four, Kings draft Dyson Daniels. Boom. Good. I mean, you yeah. didn't have like a workout, or he said he's gonna have a workout with him. Yes. he is shooting up. He is shooting up a draft. Oh yeah, he's, yeah, he's for real. Yeah, he's definitely the biggest riser. Let me let me explain specifically why as well. For one, like I said, the Kings are not prone or are prone to reaching for their guy or the guy that they just like the best, right? Number two, when you look at why they drafted Marvin Bagley, it's not just because his fit with De'Aaron Fox. It's not just because 
of stuff like stuff like that. It's it was actually because I remember right before the draft, Marvin Bagley came out and said, "I want to be in Sacramento. I really like the city. I love I love Sacramento." You know who just came out and said, "I think my best one of my best fits on the in the NBA is going to be with Sacramento." Dyson Daniels. However, He's also having a workout with him. Yeah, they're, however, I think they're going to fall in love with the person of Dyson Daniels, the the player, and they're going to disregard the fit because I don't think he fits with De'Aaron like, Fox well. Yeah. I really don't like the fit. The thing with that is they just had a guard that fit fairly decent with Fox. Not great just because he was young. He mm-hmm. loved Sacramento, which, as everyone here knows, very rare thing. <laughs> a lot of people don't like playing for Sacramento for good reason, and they traded him. For DeMontis Sabonis, no shade to Sabonis. He's a great player, questionable trade, and that was probably the only player on that franchise that truly loved being in Sacramento to play for the Kings. Mm -hmm. But I could definitely see him making that pick. I mean, I think Dyson Daniels has one of the highest ceilings in the draft. No questions about it. You just got to put it all together. His offense is the big problem right now, Um, particularly if he can just shoot, if he just gets his shot down well. I think that would do enough for his offense to just open up the floor for uh, everything else to fall in place. Yeah. And I also, I, on another justification for why they want, why they might want uh, Dyson Daniels, because they tried to trade for a guy at the deadline. If you remember, they tried to trade for Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. And they also, they offered the same deal with Halliburton. They, I think they offered like Halliburton. These are reports that they offered Halliburton, Barnes, Buddy Heald, for Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons and, and a couple first, I think for Tobias Harris yeah. and Ben Simmons, they were trying to get a guy like that who plays defense, who's a big guard on their team. Dyson Daniels is kind of along the same, the same Simmons. He's the closest to Ben Simmons we have in this draft, except he's not scared to take shots. <laughs> he, he shoots, he shoots fairly well. He's sh- actually not even fairly well. I mean, the last week or two of the season he shot I think 40% yeah. from three so, and over the entire yeah. season he shot 40% on on catch and shoot threes so he's a fairly good off the ball uh shot maker mm-hmm. only thing is he does try to take a few too many self-creation threes which he just isn't there yet which it should come he's got the touch for it so yeah. his form right now is not built for off uh, off dribble threes for sure but catch and shoot He's, he's, he's actually better than people realize that 26% number is also a little bit, a little bit misleading in, in terms of he was shooting, he's been shooting from NBA range the entire year. Cause he's been in the G league. So right. technically I think his numbers are actually a little bit more impressive than they yeah. seem. And I think he's going to be a little bit more ready to shoot the NBA three than people think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the last nine games, he shot 41% from three. I believe, I believe that's the stat. Mm-hmm. And he's very good off the ball. Um, shot uh, shooter, not very good off the ball player, yeah. but when he's catching and shooting, he's yeah. he's a good shooter. All right, yeah. let's jump to number five. All right, that would be me, and that would be Detroit. And I wasn't expecting to get him to pair him with Cade. I think this yeah. is a really yeah. good. Uh, this is a great pairing. Oh, duo, and I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw Jaden Ivy in there. Yes, and sir. I think I think Ivy with Cade is uh, not not a perfect fit, but a pretty good fit. I mean, well, Cade. I think, well, Cade can cover um, Ivy's like like defensive flaws now. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think, well, not, not not like entirely, but Cade's already, in my opinion, a good guard defender. And then Ivy's he's shown he can be good in the passing lanes, but he's still obviously he's, he's a bit over aggressive. But his yeah, him in college he 
went toe to toe with some of the most athletic guards in college basketball and he put him in Alcatraz, uh, as one would say. And I think the defense that um, perimeter that team would have on the perimeter would be insane. It would help guys like Isaiah Stewart, who aren't great interior um, interior defenders. It would help them a lot. Mm-hmm. And then like Bagley too, as someone who's not good defensively, having guys in the perimeter that'll help you out a bit. That's going to help a lot. And then just the Cade can kind of like help Ivy out a little bit just because they're pretty similar players, hyper-athletic guards, good, uh, fairly like good playmakers, good scorers, whatever. So Cade could help him a lot just because I think he's more mature as a player than Ivy is for sure. And uh, Cade's a great off-ball player. Uh, Ivy's a great on-ball player. Cade's obviously going to be the best player on that team. Cade's going to be the guy, but I think they can fit pretty seamlessly together as a one-two punch and with the way the NBA is going, it's pretty guard dominant. So having two guards like that, when they get to the point where they can be playoff teams, when, when they're in there just with Ivy and Cade, it's going to be hard to defend both of them. It's also going to be hard to beat out Killian Hayes for the starting job too, you know, (laughs) stop it, bro. Stop (laughs) it, bro. If I was doing this podcast, like at the time of that draft, dude, I would have been exonerated because I hated killing A's as a prospect so much, man. I was like, because he was getting so much hype out of nowhere, but that's, yeah, that, that's a completely different topic. Don't get Bert started on killing Hayes. We still got another 20-something oh picks left. Kevin okay, O'Connor, right, this, is all, uh, Kevin O'Connor got, this is your fault, bro. This is all your fault. All right, Anyways. I got the sixth pick. I am the Indiana Pacers. So, all right, looking at my imaginary board right here. Um, So, I feel like, like, I don't know. Obviously, like there's like a home run of a trade getting Halliburton to build around as your point guard of the future. That was good. I still don't. I still don't trust that they're fully committed to a rebuild, even though they made that trade. I feel like they're still may want to be semi-competitive because obviously before that trade they were like, well, we know exactly. You know they they were like always making the playoffs. Like they haven't like they haven't had like a top five pick since like what I don't know like the late '80s or something. They like. Pacers have like never tanked. So I'm not going to trust it. Uh, I'm choosing between two people here and I'm yeah. going to choose between the one that I think will help them uh, win the most. And that's Keegan Murray out of Iowa. Now he is 22 years old. He's, he's, yeah, he's an old sophomore, right? Who was this? I don't know. But, a, I think he was a junior. No, no, he was junior. A so, no, he was a sophomore. He was an old sophomore. Yeah. But yeah. So. Yeah. Obviously, like not young, but and this isn't necessarily what I would do, but I think they're gonna try to pair. Ke- I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna draft Keegan to fill that power forward spot. I think they're even. I think they're sold on Duarte, even though he's twenty four years old. He's like older or like twenty five. He's like older than like Tatum and some dudes. I feel like they're just kind of trying to. I don't know how to explain it, but like a win now retool of like young players. I feel like they're going to do so, that. So the Washington Wizards reborn essentially is what you're Well, yeah, at? but at least the Pacers are starting their young guys. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't mind pick. that pick, um, especially just because like, as you said, Pacers are always like trying to compete, even if they know they can't. They always put, put together a team that's competitive. And I think Keegan over, I feel like the other guy you were considering was sharp if I – yeah, you're uh, right. I, I figured. Um, I mean, especially with they still have Brogdon, even though he might get traded. They have I, they're, they're, get, they're definitely going to try to move him. Yeah, I uh, feel like they will. 
Um, but they, they do have guard talent already. So putting Keegan next to Miles Turner, I think will help Miles a lot just because he won't have to cover as much ground because of Keegan's defensive versatility being right. the guard one through four. Yeah. Uh, I mean, people are comparing him to Tobias Harris. I think it's a pretty good comparison. Um, but I say we jump to the next pick over here because this could go in a number of different directions. And if you've noticed, somebody has been falling. Uh, if you if you've paid attention, well, they, uh, and he's also been getting a bit of criticism from anonymous draft scouts recently. Yes, and whether or not that smoke is up to you to decide, I kind of believe it. Uh, I do too. If you ask me, because everything he brings up is totally a fair point, right? Um, and with the seventh pick being Portland, knowing that they want to win now, picking a guy like that that you haven't seen much film yeah. on. It's, you know, it's kind of. That's why I'm going to take Benedict Matherin here. And okay. I think the Blazers would really, really like having him in this spot. Uh, I think he could play really well off of either Dame or, or, or Anthony Simons. Uh, I think he plays really well with both of them. He's really solid shooter. He's a really good offensive player all around. He can shoot. He can drive. Um, his defense is the question question mark, but. Uh, I think he puts enough effort in defensively. I think it's a lot. Um, a lot of it's based on how much effort he puts in. So the fair. more effort he puts in, I think the better he usually looks on defense. And some games he's, he's tuned to, out, he just doesn't look like he's there. He's going to Portland. They don't care about defense there. Yeah. 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 I, I also consider Jalen Duran here, but I think it's I think it's a little too high for a center. But at the same time, the Blazers are probably going to trade this pick or try to trade this pick, yeah. and they've been rumored sure. to be wanting DeAndre Ayton, who is a center. Uh, so there is grounds for Jalen Duren to be drafted here, as well as, I mean, just Yusuf Nurkic is just not, you know, he's injured every single year. He's not a good defender. He's not doing much for the Blazers right now. And I doubt he's a free he's agent long term. Uh, if you mentioned that. Yeah. He's, yeah. But he I, doubt, a, I doubt he's in their long term plans right now. As definitely well. not. He could be a helpful guy like off the bench for a, for a, a title yeah. contender, but he's not a guy that you want to throw in there as a defensive anchor. Yeah. And especially when you got, I'm just talking about history with the Blazers, you had guys like Dame, CJ McCollum, like running the guards and you got your defensive angers, Yusuf Nurkic. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I get offense as offense, but at some point you got to get someone that can play a little bit of defense back there. All right, let's jump to eight, which is the Pelicans, which they have that right. pick via Los Angeles Lakers. So go ahead, Jaden. All right. So I didn't anticipate our guy sharp falling this far and as the pelicans what i would do i would take sharp and i think that pairing you pair them up with um some of the young guys that they've stolen like they've just found like alvarado and then you obviously have bi zion and then just that whole entire young core um i think that yeah i gotta go sharp i just Mm -hmm. think i think his ceiling's very 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 high and I don't think I th- obviously the Pelicans are competitive and they're they're playing to win right now, and they just got CJ McCollum, so two guards kind of occupied right now. But I think I just don't think they can you can pass up a talent like that at number eight, especially when you're not in a massive hurry to compete. Like you can have him be a, be a six man for a year or two, and then year three he's he could be that guy. I, when I watch him, or well, I guess not when I watch him. When I saw some like some of his like tape or whatever um he reminds me a lot of uh a brandon roy from yeah. back at, back in 2010 
He reminds me a lot of that with a slightly worse handle. Well, not slightly worse, a fair bit worse handle. But I mean, I think the the shot making's there. I think he's got decent defensive potential. Like, I mean, it's hard to know just because he hasn't played yeah. a damn game since he was like 12. But, you know, I, I think that's the route I would go for sure. Obviously, you got guys like Sokan, who would be a very Pelicans pick, in my opinion. But I'm I'm going to lean sharp there. Yeah, I actually disagree with you on like the direction the Pelicans would go here. I really feel like they tried. They just try to get the most win now prospect player here. See, um, I, I feel like that's fair because they got Ingram and Zion yeah. and, and all that. But I feel like deep down they're fully aware that they aren't one win now rookie away from competing. They're, they're, they're a few pieces, not like competing. I mean, like competing for like a championship rather yeah. than a, like a five or six seed. Like I think if they went out, grabbed SoCan and then ran that versatile so um, so Hansa, yeah. versatile, uh, power forward lineup with him and like some of the guys they have, they could end up being like a six seed, five seed. But I think they know that's not going to be there with that core. It's going to be a, a decent bit before they get into title contention. And I think a guy like Sharp, if he pans out, could be the guy that takes him over that edge. Like him and Zion offensively. I mean, that dynamic right there with two of could be two of the best scores at their respective positions, all both in their prime when Zion's like to me they already are, but like what to me they already are. Like like a good duo. Like like I feel like Zion when he was healthy was literally no one could guard him. One of the he was like when I feel like and then Ingram, I feel like he's proven enough to be one of the best three level scorers in the league. Oh oh, for sure. Ingram and Zion are oh sorry. Oh, yeah, so um, uh, okay, I think we, we we got the gist of it. We got sharp to the Pelicans. All right, uh, West, you got the the Spurs pick. All right, this so one's gonna be a little bit of, of a surprise. Even though he's falling, I'm gonna go with AJ Griffin out of Duke. Okay. Now, it's a lot of options here. There's Duran, Sokan, and uh, Davis, but I feel like you get Griffin who can play the three or the two, who's one of the best, if not the best, outside shooter in the draft, who has the who has the potential, shot-creating potential. He's shown he can do a little bit off the dribble, and he has – and if he can gain back that athleticism pre-injury plus with the, with, with the shot-creation development, I think he can be good. And I feel like a, for, a floor spacer pl- paired with DeJounte, I think with, with, a, with a solid floor and a, just a solid ceiling, I feel like that's – as a, as a solid pick for the Spurs, I think that's what they pick. That's what that's perfect, they do. Yeah. And, they, and I think uh, I was thinking Jalen Duran out of Memphis center, but I feel like they trust Jakob Pertl. I, I don't know why, but it's, I feel like they do. All right. I mean, I agree with that pick. Good pick. Yeah. Shot 45% from three this year, I believe. And um, I mean, he made Paolo's job really easy, took a little bit of defensive pressure from him, just made that offense flow. Anytime you can get a guy that can shoot, I think it was like 39% from the NBA three this year when he was shooting from that deep. I mean, he, he's ready to go. He's tall. He's long. Fair, he's a good defender. Decent off the dribble. He, good player. Good pick. I disagree heavily with the good defender. I think he's just like really slow for his size. But at the same time, a lot of people are contributing that to his athleticism declining because of a couple injuries 
And that injury history is kind of why he's taking a fall. Um, I could definitely see the Spurs going in this direction, but personally, I would have picked someone different here, but I'm going to save that for my pick, which is up next. I got 10. I got the Washington Wizards. And at this point, I mean, they've just got to go best player available. They don't really, you know, there's not really a, I don't think they should lock themselves into a specific position of need or anything. I think they should go Johnny Davis here. I think Johnny Davis is the best player available right now. He can, he's a, he's going to make his money defending in the NBA. He's a really, really solid and tenacious defender. He fights around screens. He's just, he's really, he's a really aggressive defender, but also not overly aggressive. So he's not, you know, causing fouls. He can also dribble and handle the ball. He, uh, he makes a lot of tough shots. Uh, so he's pretty, pretty decent at scoring. And I think it's going to translate to the NBA. Uh, I'm a little worried about his jump shot. I, the form is just kind of weird to me. The mechanics of it are just kind of weird to me. But overall, I think Johnny Davis is a really solid player here. And he said himself, I think he looks up to Bradley Beal. Now he's yeah. going to be playing with Bradley Beal. So he's going to yeah. – I think it's a perfect situation for him to develop is listening to a guy like Bradley Beal, right? I, I mean, I think he's a Bradley Beal prototype. I think yeah. he's a very similar player. Obviously, he's a better defender than Beal. Yeah. But, you know, I think offensively they play a lot alike. And yeah. they, I mean, if he hits a ceiling, I think he's got a top three to five ceiling in this class. I think his ceiling's unbelievable. Um, defensively, offensively, I think he's just a great player. Yeah. I don't have much to say except that, Bert, as a fellow Wizards fan, you do not let me down. That's because this guy's been obsessed with Johnny Davis for like the past month and a half. <laughs> I, I will continue. Uh, so we got 11. Jaden, uh, this is you. It's the next. Okay. So I'm picking for the Knicks here. There's a few guys I could choose from. Uh, I'm not like Bert did with the Wizards. I'm not going into one specific position. And I think right now the best player available and someone that could help the Knicks compete for a playoff spot or like a 7-8 seed, something like that next year, I think it's Jeremy Sohan. And I think just defensively, very versatile. He can guard, in my opinion, one through four maybe some fives too he's just he's just a great defender and offensively he's he's a little limited not a great shooter he can pass a bit he's a fair he's a fairly good finisher but I mean he's going to make his money defensively he's just great player and high floor what pretty high floor oh yeah very high floor his ceiling's not crazy just because offensively he doesn't he can't do much himself like as a self-creator but, I mean, take a guy like that, he could be thrown into not exactly what I would say a Draymond Green role, but something fairly similar to that, Yeah, I would where, say. Where you'd hope he would become somewhat like a Draymond Green. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's a really solid pick. The Knicks really struggled with defense last year. I mean, Evan starting Evan Fournier in general is just – it's a shot in the knee to your defense. Um, and I think Jeremy Sohan would help a lot. I think he'd be a great uh, fit there, a great pick there. Yeah. Number 12. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll just have to say one thing. I think I he is a very uh, Thibodeau. He's, he's a Thibodeau yeah. guy, in my opinion. Sure. So I feel like he'll, he'll fit in well there. All right. It, that's all. All right. I have the 12th pick and I'm the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm going to okay. pick a guy. What? Oh, sorry. Go. Okay. Okay. So this is a guy I didn't expect him to be here, that he could have gone as early as seven. So I'm going to pick Jalen Duren. Yeah. Even though uh, I do have. Shed Holmgren right now, but I feel like Shed definitely has the no, potential they, uh, to be a floor spacer at the four. The Thunder drafted in this draft Jabari Smith earlier. Oh, so, what? 
This is oh, a- yeah. 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 I took Jabari Bro, Smith. I, I have been, okay, sorry. I've been seeing a lot of uh, I'm in your head. Holmgren propaganda. Yeah, from me. <laughs> okay, keep yeah, going. I'm in your head. That's, okay, that's well, bad. It, well, okay. Well, it's even better because Jabari is a, he's going to play power forward. So Duren uh, should be a great pick because, as Jaden mentioned, Jabari struggles a little bit uh, protecting the rim. And that's basically Duren's uh, specialty. Uh, I feel like he has a high ceiling. He's one of the youngest players in the draft, I think, oh, yeah. 18 years old. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it's a no-brainer right here. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I agree. Great. He's a great player. I think he reminds me a lot of, like, a young Bam Adebayo. Yeah. Do I think he'll be that good? Probably not. But could he be? Yeah, I think I see a lot of Bam in him. I also I just see a better Precious, that Precious Achua, mm-hmm. um, when I look at Jalen Duran. So I think that's a great pick. All right, I'm up next, 13 with the Hornets. And a lot of people are like, okay, I, I want to debunk the, the the draft methodology people are trying to employ here because I, I'm gonna take Mark. I'm gonna take Mark Williams here. Yeah, the center from Duke. And I'm and a lot of people are saying, well, why don't you wait until 15? Because the Cavs aren't gonna draft the center. Look, man, there's 28 <laughs> other teams in the NBA. All it takes is one deal to go through, and you lose your guy. Mark Williams is the guy the Hornets need the most. I think he's the guy that they like the most. Take your guy, let everything else fall into place. Uh, so Hornets uh, right here, I'm, I'm making them take Mark Williams. I think he's a great fit. Uh, LaMelo needs a big lob threat. Uh, I mean, the lobs are going to be insane from LaMelo to Mark Williams. Mark Williams is a great defender. He's a great uh, paint protector. He's just going to be such a solid player, and he's he measured so crazy at the combine. Like, that man is a monster. That man is a monster. He's got like and, a nine – something standing reach can almost dunk standing up straight yep. it's unbelievable it's uh a lot like a with Lamelo and mark it's going to be a lot like a, a trey young clint capella kind yeah. of feel like I, I when i when i see mark williams i see clint clint capella reborn i i there's <laughs> yeah. it's the same player i i'd argue he's more athletic though i think he's oh, yeah, he, moving his feet for sure for sure young clint was very athletic but yeah. as he as he got older, his feet, and yeah. But, I mean, Mark Williams, I think, is just a Clint Capella. Could be – definitely has a higher ceiling than current Clint. Yeah. But his floor is, like, around a worse Clint Capella, which I think is a very, very good floor for a center. All right. I think that's so, perfect And pick. obviously they need a center the- with Plumlee being their starting center <laughs> last year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's a good thing they fired their coach because now maybe the rookies will actually get time to develop mm-hmm. and play. Yeah, exactly. Next pick, number um, 14, the Cavs. I think that's you, Jaden. Yeah, that is me. So I'm a big believer in the guy that I'm going to take. And he's he's been climbing up boards recently, but he has been getting consistently been before recently. He's been like mid to low 20s projected. And I think he's for sure a lottery talent and a lottery talent 100% sure. I think the Cavs. It's considering they're going to get rid of Sexton, well, potentially going to get rid of Sexton. I think they need a replacement for him, and obviously they don't really need any more bigs with Mobley and Allen and Markin and all that. And I'm going to take a, a surprise here. I'm going with uh, Jalen Williams. Ooh. That's a solid pick. And I, I think his playmaking potential with a lob threat like Allen and you get to take pressure off of uh, – why am I blanking on his name? 
Darius Garland. Garland. You, you yeah. take yeah, you take pressure off Garland, so he doesn't have to be the only playmaker and only ball handler on that team. I think that that dynamic of those two running the offense with Mobley and Jared Allen, I think that's just absolutely insane. And then you got role players. You got a solid bench with guys like Okoro. And I just think that that'd be such a perfect fit for the Cavs. Yeah, I could definitely see this 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 reach here. It would be a reach technically, but oh. I think he's I think he's good enough to go in this range. I genuinely do. He's I mean he's a really solid offensive player in general. He can shoot. Yeah. He can also drive. Uh, and he plays defense. That's something the Cavs like. He yeah. plays defense. If he's on this team, I mean. That's gonna be a scary. That's gonna be an even scarier team than last year defensively. Yeah, that's gonna be, a, gonna be filthy. Yeah, defense and I mean the reason he started so low is because he went to a small school. We went to yeah. Santa Clara. We're talking about that Jalen Williams. There's two Jalen Williams in this draft. Yeah, we're talking about the Santa Clara one, I believe, and that's kind of the reason he started so slow. But he definitely, as the combine's been going on, he oh. really made a name for himself, and he's just been. You're right. He's been climbing up boards. I could definitely see that as a as the pick right there for sure. Uh, honestly. Oh. That, that's probably like the top end of where he's going to go, but I, yeah, I, definitely I, I don't see him going. I don't, I don't even see him going in this, like here, I see him going probably like 18 to 22 range, yeah. but like me personally, I think he's a top 15 talent in this draft. 100%. All right, let's jump to, we're going back to the Hornets at 15. This is uh via the Pelicans. Who do you got West? Um, so this is a guy who I've been a bit lower on recently but I feel like he basically fits what Charlotte needs right now. And I think they're going to pick based on need right now. Uh, I, I'm predicting they will. And that's uh, Okai Agbaji, if I said that right. Ochai. Ochai, okay. Um, he's 22-year-old senior out of Kansas, national champion, uh, great 3 and D player, uh, shot at a solid clip. On-ball defense is great. Off-ball defense, not so much. Um, I don't have a, that big of a belief in him, in him like uh, developing into a good scorer or self-creator, but I feel like he's just what Charlotte needs. They were like, what, ranked 26th, 27th? I don't know, something like that defensively last year. He brings that on-ball de- defense. Um, he's and he's he's going to help you win now. He's going to – I think he's a high – I think he's a high-floor player in my opinion – yeah, he's gonna he's gonna bring that spacing. He's gonna bring that bring defense to a not so good de- defensive team, mm-hmm. and I feel like I feel like he's gonna be a really solid rotational piece for them. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a direct comparison, I think it's actually pretty accurate. I think he's like a more athletic KCP. Uh, oh, yeah. He plays for the Wizards and used to play for the Lakers. Uh, I I think he's a little smarter with his shot selection than KCP is, uh, but overall. <laughs> Yeah, I think Ochai is – he's basically that stereotypical 3 and D guy, but he has some upside driving uh, and yeah. you know, getting, getting flashy player. dunks, catching lobs. Like, he could definitely – Very solid finisher. Yes. And I think the Hornets, if they can walk out of that draft with Mark Williams and Agbaji, I, I don't think they can complain. I think that those are two guys that can not necessarily start day one but they can definitely compete to start day one they're contributing day one in my opinion yeah they'll contribute day 100 i think they can compete to be in the starting five both of them all right uh i got i I got the hawks next at 16 i'm gonna take even though supposedly he's been sliding down draft boards a little bit i think he's a really good fit for the hawks i'm gonna take tari eason tari eason is a very versatile defender he's very switchy um 
a lot of people are kind of comparing his frame to Kawhi, which kind of makes sense. He's got really big hands. He's six foot eight. He's built. But at the same time, I think Kawhi is a little bit of a better defender. But Tari, I will give him credit that he is probably he has definitely has one of the highest defensive IQs in this draft. Uh, his offense is the worry. He's pretty good at like scoring, like just in general. Uh, but his shooting is kind of the concern right now because his shot just looks. I mean, he he shoots from like here, like it's like a yeah, it's it's a really mechanically bad shot, but. With time, I think if he just kind of takes here and puts it here, I think it can work. Yeah. Uh, and the Hawks have the – I don't want to say the luxury to wait a little bit, but they do have guys that can play. They don't need to play Tari right now. And they love their wings. The Hawks love their wings. They just lost Cam Reddish. Why not take a guy who could replace him defensively, actually do better than him defensively, in my opinion, and just needs a little bit of help on offense. I, yeah. I think that would – and especially with DeAndre Hunter's kind of inconsistent health, I think – Wing is a good uh, pick here. I think Tari Eason is a really good pick here. Yeah, I, I think he's – he reminds me of Sohan, uh, just a watered-down version of him. And I think mm-hmm. if you can get him around this range, like solid, yeah. versatile defensively, good athlete, good finisher, like he's got – I mean, when I, I just see like a less put-together Jonathan Kuminga, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that at all. I think that's a good rookie. That's a great pick for uh, this range. I just think that's a good player. All right. Uh, 17 is the Rockets. They got this pick via the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. Um, so Rockets right now, they, they suck. So I don't think, I don't think they, they can draft for fit because every, everyone other than shooting guard, they don't have someone on the roster right now that is like set there part of the future guaranteed oh yeah um so i'm gonna go with who i think the best player available is and i believe this is our first international guy and i'm gonna go with usman diang from france i think he's been shooting up boards and i personally love him he's a phenomenal playmaker as a as a forward i believe he's six foot nine good athlete phenomenal playmaker especially out of the pnr and if you can get that with some of their guys like Wood or um, just with that, and then you have Jalen Green as a off-ball guard, not off-ball guard, but just give your offense some more versatility. You get a small forward that can run the, the operate the PNR like that, and it takes a little pressure off Jalen Green because he's been getting a little heat because he's not a very good playmaker. You get another guy. You got KPJ. You got Dieng who can both take pressure off of him as a ball handler and it just makes his job easier and it makes the bigs jobs easier as well, especially with him being six, nine versatile has good defensive defensive potential. He's not a great defender right now, but the potential is absolutely there. Just, I I think that he's the best player available. Yeah. The way he, the way he moves his, the way he moves his feet at his size uh, is really impressive. I think that's the most impressive part of Usman Dieng right now. But he, yeah, he's extremely raw. He's going to have to go to a team that is willing to put years into developing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the Rockets are a perfect place to do that. They're not winning anything anytime soon. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, he, he can sit back and win. My only concern is that they did draft Usman Garuba uh, last year, I believe, right, who's, like, kind of a similar-ish player. Yeah. But at the same time, if you could work – if you could get both of those guys to work or even just one, I think it would pay off. So, oh, exactly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
Uh, next pick is the Bulls. Wes, why don't you take this away? So I've been deciding between two guys. Um, but to me, I'm going to go with the one that's uh, you know, has the highest ceiling. That's Nikola Jovic out of Serbia. Okay. okay. Um, I was thinking of going Malachi Branham out of uh, Ohio State. Okay. But I feel like um, – I feel like I feel like they don't pass up on someone who has such a high offensive ceiling as a leader, secondary playmaker as Jovic, who is also I think or projects to be a, a I think a good three point shooter. Obviously, his defense yeah. needs a lot of work, but he I think he but he's 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 like I mean what he's like six ten. I don't think he's that long, but I think it's just worth worth it. Uh, obviously, Jovic is more of a point forward. Not really a point guard, but I don't know. I feel like they don't pass on uh, talent like this. That's fair. Um, see, that's a pick that personally I think is a great pick, but Chicago right now, them being, I would say, in the realm of being able to contend uh, to be a top four or five seed consistently with DeMar and Zach, if they keep Zach, which there's been some probably smoke about Zach potentially leaving, but yeah. I feel like oh, yeah. they might they might go for someone that's a little bit more ready, like right now, like as mm-hmm. a backup guard, yeah. like a Ty Ty Washington type guy. But I think Jovic is easily the best player remaining in terms of like what he can be eventually. Yeah, in my opinion, I mean, I think the Bulls are in a little bit of panic mode because that impending Zach Levine might leave the free agency. Uh, I think they're kind of in like a wizard's position where they're trying to prove to Zach Levine they're ready to win. So, yeah, I don't think that they would take Jovic, uh, but I also don't think they'd take Ty Ty Washington because they have, a, they have the guard is like not their issue in the slightest. I think they're totally okay on guards. I would be they looking at a forward for and sure. Oh, yeah, I would be looking at a forward. I would basically combine both of your uh, mindsets and, and both of your picks or whatever, going for a forward but also going for someone who is more ready to win now. Uh, but let's talk about the next pick. All right, I'm up next at 19 with the Minnesota Timberwolves. There's a lot of different directions you could go in here. Uh, and there is a guy that's been falling. I'm going to go with Ty Ty Washington. Yep. And I was definitely, my other consideration was Malachi Branham. But the reason I went to Ty Washington is just because the Wolves are trying to win right now. Malachi Branham is a great scorer, but he's a horrible defender. Uh, and the Wolves already have enough horrible defenders. Ty Ty, I think, can at least be a average to above average on ball defender. And I think he'd do really well to sit behind um, Patrick Beverly for a year and just kind of develop his mentality a little bit and develop his um, pick up some, you know, skills from Patrick Beverly. I think he'd be uh, honestly just a really, really great fit here. Uh, there was another name I was considering here, but I'll bring him up later. Uh, but yeah, I think Ty Ty is a, a great, especially if they, especially if they trade D'Angelo Russell, because if they trade D'Angelo Russell, they're going to need somebody, they're going to need more guard help. And they've been rumored to be trying to trade D'Angelo Russell. So I think Ty Ty would just fill right in here. I think he'd be a great fit for the Wolves. And he's being a little bit underrated right now, man. Another Kentucky guard who got hurt. 
didn't wasn't used uh, fully to his capabilities. He can play on and off the ball. He's great. He's honestly just a really solidly built offensive player. He can do everything except for a handle at a high level. Everything else is is great with him. He can score off the ball. He can score. Uh, he can pull up from mid range. He can shoot from three. He's a really he's way more of a complete player than people realize, and he's also an amazing passer. He's got a great vision, very low turnovers as well. Yeah. I think Tata has a great pick here, and I think he's been. Yeah, I, I think I think the move there is good. I think him playing behind a guy like D'Lo, if he's still in Minnesota, would do him wonders. Just I mean, offensively. I mean, you got D'Lo to look to mentor him offensively. You got Pat Bev to mentor him defensively because both sides of the ball, if he can be tapped in like that, he's got a fairly high ceiling. And I think just his play type, I don't think he plays like D'Lo, but I, I think it's like he, he like plays a similar brand of basketball as current D'Lo because D'Lo is much more pass first than D'Lo was back when he was like on the Nets. So I think he just – I think he could definitely benefit from that. I think right. he, just yeah, because he's such a good passer, I feel like he'd fit well. I feel like just the guy – like if they move, choose to move, move on from D'Lo, I feel like he can just be the guy who can set the table for uh, pretty much score first uh, franchise centerpieces and Ant and Cat. I feel like – I feel like, yeah, he'd be a solid fit. And he, I think he can – and I think he'll be able to space the floor pretty, floor pretty well um after a few years all right let's go to number 20 which is the spurs Jaden, i believe this is your pick. yeah this they is me. Let's pick via toronto um who did uh the spurs take earlier in this mock this might earlier the spurs took uh, aj griffin West. yeah I, I, took, I took aj okay, AJ, aj griffin okay so Right now, I feel like they have a pretty glaring need at center, but I don't think there's any centers worth taking at 20. I could reach for Walker, but I feel like um, they do they do have talented guards, but I think they could use some guard depth. And I think they could – I think Branham, I, he's been falling a bit in this. I don't see him falling this far re- realistically. I think Branham's the guy. He can play off ball next to Giante. He's a good self-creator. He can work off the bench. He can do whatever you need offensively. Obviously, defensive limitations, not limitations. He's just bad. Um, but I think he's a great scorer. I think he's a great fit next to Giante and just any, that entire young core in general. And I think they could get him at pick 20. That's unbelievable value. I just – pretty simple pick here. I just don't see much else of a direction they can go, especially with another first round pick later to potentially fix that hole at center. Yeah. I totally agree. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think you have to take best available there. Um, I'm next. I have Denver, right? 21. Yep. Yep, 21 is Denver. All right. Uh, This one, I think it's, I think this is, like, I feel like I, I'm just going to say it. Uh, EJ Little out of Ohio State. EJ Liddell, yeah. Liddell. Um, uh, it's a good pick. I feel like they don't really have an so-called answer at power forward. Um, Jamichael Green and Jeff Green. They're, I mean, they're not – I'm not saying they're bad. They're serviceable. I Aaron think they Gordon. have player options. But, yeah, they're, they're definitely not the answer. They definitely don't have that many more years in the league. Um, I feel like he fits well – 
I mean, he would fit pretty well with Jokic, even though he's undersized for a four. I mean, he'll he'll space the floor immediately, uh, and he's just solid defensively. Nothing, nothing like that like stands out. But I, I feel like he's just like a solid pick that can contribute immediately to, which is going to be a team retooling with Jamal Murray and MPJ to be a playoff contender next year. Yeah, I think he can provide what they've been missing since Millsap left them. I think he can be a very similar player to what that version of Paul Millsap was. He's not going to be quite the defender Paul was at that point in his career, but I also think he's going to be better offensively to make up for that. And I think him off the bench um, uh, after Aaron Gordon, because I don't think they're going to play Aaron Gordon, Liddell, and Jokic lineups very often. I mean, they might have to, like, in some games. But I think I think that in, like, as a starting rotation would be a little odd. But I think him off the bench getting to develop behind Gordon, especially taking after him defensively, if he can learn a little bit of, like, defensive instincts from Gordon, I think he could become a very Paul Millsap-like player. Old Paul Millsap, not prime Paul Millsap. I don't see him being that kind of guy but all right so I'm, I'm up at 22 uh the grizzlies this is via the utah the utah jazz pick and the grizzlies uh, i do want to say I, I noticed that in the playoffs they had a big issue or one player had a big issue with fouling jaron jackson jr and in my opinion, I mean, if that happens again, if that's a consistent issue, but they're going to need some help on the wing, even more help on the wing. They have Zaire Williams, who's really good, but I think they need a true, uh, a true solid power forward here. And somebody that can actually help, um, help John Morant out a lot with spacing. I'm going to take one of the most slept on players in this draft. Give me Jake LaRavia from Wake Forest. He is six foot eight, six foot nine, and he is a sharpshooter. I believe he shot like about like 40% from three. He is, he can do a lot of good. He can do a lot of things well in general. He's kind of a, uh, a jack of all trades. He can dribble. He can drive, uh, drive into the, into the paint. He doesn't finish incredibly like acrobatically, but like, you know, that can be improved upon. Uh, He's definitely a work in progress, but at the same time, his off-ball defense is good. He has, he has good instincts. Uh, his only problem is kind of um, occasionally he, he's like slow laterally. So occasionally if somebody blows by him, he's basically just done for. Yeah. Uh, but I think his offensive potential right off the bat will help uh, – can help the Grizzlies now. And I think eventually the rest of his game, as it fills out, I think he's going to end up being a really, really good all-around player. I think the Grizzlies, if any team can develop him, I think it's the Grizzlies. Uh, so that's my pick for the Grizzlies. I don't mind that pick. I don't mind that reach. Um, uh, I don't know a ton about him, but from just what I do know a little, I, I know a little. I, uh, he reminds me of a fair, like not fairly, a much less athletic Trey Murphy, but that's, yeah. not, that's not a bad thing at all. Yeah, kind of like a Jeff Green with a little bit worse defense is kind of what I was thinking. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good pick. All right, so up next, I believe, is pick 23. And this is actually the the Sixers picking because the Nets had the option of picking in this year's draft with the Sixers pick or next year's, and they chose next year. So this is the Sixers pick for right now. 
All right. Um, so Philly right now, um, good team. They're obviously looking to contend, so they're going to want a player that will help them now. Um, see, I feel like they could use some uh, bench guy, like a bench scorer, someone maybe as a guard. I think they could use some guard depth, not necessarily someone that's going to play a ton of minutes, but just some depth there. And here's a guy that I personally think is a top 20 player in the draft and getting them at 23. I feel like good value for a team like Philly who could use some depth at guard. And I'm going to go with Kennedy Chandler out of Tennessee. I think he's uh, very athletic, great finisher, just great scorer. He's athletic. He can stay in front of uh, quick guys defensively. I think he's just a good guy off the bench to go in and get you a few buckets. I think he reminds me of like a Dennis Schroeder guy like just what his like role could be and i i think that's a just what the route that they're going to try to go if he's still there um so i think kennedy chandler's the pick there yeah a big knock on him is that he's undersized i believe he's like yeah. six foot six foot one mm-hmm. and he actually Same measured five eleven. but oh did he oh my god okay was that with shoes or without shoes i think without okay so the big yeah that's the biggest knock on him is his size but at the same time when you watch him play he tries so hard on defense. Like he's actually, he puts in so much effort on defense and he's really solid on offense. I mean, he's, he has good vision. He can pass well. Uh, He's a really good handle. He can shoot. Like he does a lot. Well, it's just his ceiling is kind of capped by his height. Yeah. That's why why he's in this range. If he was two or three inches taller, he'd be going possibly lottery, right? Like, Oh, he'd be going. Yeah. Not early lottery, but like he'd be gone 10 right 15 range for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was All a solid right. pick there. So we got 24. We got the Bucks. I believe that's. All right. Goal. So this is an, a very interesting pick to me, actually. Um, the Bucks, in my opinion, even though they have at like guaranteed a top three, top two player in the world in Giannis, uh, I feel like their championship window is closing more rapidly than most people think. Um, I'm going to address a need here that's. A pretty big need. If you look at Brooke Lopez, he is 34 years old, I think. And he's pretty injury prone. Now, this isn't a guy I'm high on, but I feel like it's a need because uh, I feel like it's just a huge need. So I'm going to pick Walker Kessler at a Auburn center. Um, so I don't, he's not going to, he's not going to start over Brooke Lopez or anything, but also I feel like they're, I don't think they have a, do they have a backup center? That's like, serviceable they have bobby portis who plays the four and five yeah that's yeah bobby portis at the five is not good other than um, that not really so yeah i feel like this is a direct need uh rim protection off the bench um it gives them depth i feel like they have i feel like they i feel like they could use some playmaking off the bench but i feel like they didn't really have there wasn't really a high ceiling guy i mean there was nimhard but i feel like that would be a bit of a reach at 23 24 24 so i feel like i feel like just kessler just fits is it's a, it's a an immediate need and i feel like he'll probably be in the rotation and i feel like brooke lopez's time will be up pretty soon uh yeah. but i'm not i'm not a huge fan on him but i just feel like that's the most obvious pick to me i disagree with that pick uh on the grounds that because Giannis can play center, I feel like center is a less important position for them. And I mean, if I were the Bucks personally, I'd probably go with somebody who 
has like upside or either somebody who is a project that they can develop in the background or somebody who can help right away and help space the floor by shooting and or playing defense. that's why that's why i was thinking Jaden hardy as like that like a high upside pick or blake wesley as that bench score mm-hmm. yeah I, I didn't think yeah. they'd want to do like a high upside i, th- I think they were looking for like like oh, high floor help but... now i i get that and i don't yeah, mind yeah. the walker kessler pick considering i think he's yeah, it, it is it is like 24 is a bit early for him no it, uh, for, for uh, me personally. i uh i think walker kessler is a lot like brooke lopez i think yeah definitely I, I think, well, not learn, defensively but not learn, i think you can learn a lot from him and walker kessler has good shooting upside he's got a fairly good floater he shoots fairly well from the free throw line for a college center so all that usually translates to nba success as a shooter so we'll mm-hmm. see how that goes but not i don't mind the pick yeah i don't uh, i don't mind the pick either i just disagree with the philosophy there oh, that's yeah fair. that's fair uh, so up next is 25 i believe this is spurs right yep. and they have this pick via boston for the spurs right now the previous pick was oh, I'm trying to, previously? i think i took did i take ausme yeah, you took Usman, Usman Jang. Usman Yang. I'm going to go ahead and take a center here. And this center I actually have rated above Walker Kessler. I'm going to take Christian Coloco. <laughs> I think he's being a little underrated right now, man. Such I, a good pick. I, I think he's he would be so solid for them defensively. I like Yako Pertle, but he's just not it defensively, in my opinion. He's not enough. He's uh, I, I just I don't think he's enough defensively for them. And they also – do they even like have a backup center? Like, I don't even. Zach Collins. <laughs> he, yeah, the the three games he plays a year, I they really just need somebody there. They need a body at backup center, and why not take Coloco, who is a really really good uh, rim protector, and overall can be a lob threat for Dejounte. I think it's a really solid pairing in general. He also has underrated uh, shooting upside. I don't yeah. know if anyone know this, but I believe he was in the upper seventies as a free throw shooter and had a, a good floater as far as I'm concerned for a center, yeah. nothing like Rashad Holmes or anything, but yeah, yeah. He, he had touch around the basket. And I think that could develop into like a mid range kind of guy. Yes. All right. 26. We got the Mavericks. So Jaden, why don't you go ahead and. Uh... All right. Um, so that Christian Coloco, uh, that pick was good. Cause I was thinking about him there. Um, yeah. Um, so, right now, there, Dallas, there, is, there is one more center that yeah. you could pick. Yeah. Um, there, there's a guy that I'm kind of looking at, I think, very high upside. But I'm not going center. I'm going to go okay. with a forward here, a wing. I think he's got unbelievable upside. And although Dallas is looking to win now, I think this is something that we can't – I can't pass up. I'm going to go Marjan Bouchamp or Bouchamp. I don't know how to pronounce it exactly, but – Athletic, great defensively. I think he would do well with Luca. I think that's just a good pick in general. And not much to say about it. I think that's just I think he could have gone as early as like 18 to 20 in him this late. I think it's just too hard to pass up. Yeah, I I mean I think he's been falling mostly because other guys are just rising, right? And also mm-hmm. the board is playing out. He's a solid talent, especially defensively. I view him as more of like a two at the NBA level than I do a three. Uh, but overall, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I probably would have picked a, a, a bigger forward here, like 
I don't want to throw out names like that, but, you know, I feel like maybe Wendell Moore could have fit here or some other guys. Yeah, that, that's fair. I just – I think he's too talented to pass yeah. up, and I think I think he's more than capable of playing the three because I think his athleticism and his just defensive versatility, I think he's capable of guarding the one through three and even some smaller fours, mm-hmm. such as like a Liddell or an Aaron Gordon or someone of that stature I think he's capable of. Mm-hmm. And I just think he's too versatile defensively to pass up at what is this twenty six? Yeah, twenty six. And yeah, I mean that's the that's the thing with drafts is you know sometimes maybe a guy would be a better fit, but you got to go yeah. by your board and who you think is the better talent overall. Exactly. Twenty seven, Heat. Who you got, Wes? I. Miami. I mean they have a yeah they're a win now they have a really deep roster so. I mean, it wouldn't be easy for really any player I pick to actually earn their spot in the rotation. But I'm just going to go with Andrew Nembhard, even though it's – yeah, even though it's a little bit weird because – It is a reach. It, <laughs> a little bit it, no, reach. no, it is a reach. But I feel like even though – like, I feel like he's just – I feel like he just perfectly fits what, what they want as he's like a pure point guard. Um one of, he's like one of the best passers in the league, especially out of the PNR. He makes great reads. Um, and then I think recently, it, uh, I think he showed he's actually not, he's actually a solid uh, shooter in general. Um, obviously he doesn't get to the rim like that. He does, he's not the best at creating a shot. And defensively he's, I mean, pretty slow for a point guard, but I feel like he's just like a win now pick they'd go for. I mean, there's some other guys I was looking at. Um, I mean, there's Christian Braun, but I feel like they kind of have players that have a pretty similar skill set to his. So, and I I don't feel like they were going to go for a high upside pick. Yeah, that's a that's definitely an interesting pick. Uh, I there was a couple guys I was considering here. Uh, I was not considering them hard. That was that that would be a that would be a late second for me. Yeah, he's like a mid second to me. But if they believe in him, I mean. Shoot, go for it, right? Fair enough. Take your guy. All right. I'm going to go ahead and move on to the Warriors at 28. Uh, this is my pick. I think the Warriors are just looking to take best player available here, right here. And there's a guy that's been falling that a lot of people believe in that, I mean, when you just look at his highlights, his highlights look good. Uh, if you kind of ignore the numbers that he put up in the G League, I'm taking Jaden Hardy. Uh, I think it's such a Warriors pick if he falls here because they're taking the guy with the highest upside and they're kind of slowly building him along. I mean, just thinking about a lineup of like a future lineup of Jordan Poole, Jaden Hardy, if he develops well, uh, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kuminga, like that's a really, really solid young foundation. And the Warriors can just take whoever they want that uh, whoever they think has the highest upside and just let them coast for the next couple of years, like they're totally, they're totally fine with that. And that's why I think they take Jaden Hardy here, even though there are a couple better fits. I think Jaden Hardy would be the pick if he's available here. Yeah. So the Warriors, I just feel like they can, they can afford to take that time and just take the highest upside player, whoever they believe in, which at this point would be Jaden Hardy. He definitely is the highest upside uh, in this range and just coast and just let him develop in the background. And I think, I think that's what they would do. I'm not even sure if Jaden Hardy's going to be here on draft night. This would be a little bit of a fall. But it could happen, and I think the Warriors would jump on it if they had the chance. 
Uh, let's go to 29 with the Grizzlies. Go ahead, Jaden. And right now, um, Grizzlies, I feel like I, their starting center is Steven Adams, if I'm correct here. Jaron Jackson can play the five, but he does. I mean, they, they do need some depth at, at the five, 100%. And this is a, a slight reach, but since we're just doing a one-round mock, I'm going to make it. And I'm going to go with Ismail Kamagate. Yeah. I think that's I like how you that. say it. Yeah. Um, I think his upside is borderline top 15 in this draft. I think he's got – defensively, I think he's got probably the highest ceiling other than probably Shet Holmgren in this draft defensively. As, as far as bigs go, I think he can easily be – defensively, I think he can be a bam out of bio level. And then offensively, obviously, some flaws. But he's athletic, good lob threat. I think he could be – I don't know a worse version of Bam. I mean, I, I think his ceiling's like a worse version of Bam. And I think a pick like that at 29 is just, I think, I think that's good value there. So I think yeah, I would I mean, go, I'd go way, Bam at 29. Yeah. His defense reminds me of like a, like a Robert Williams on, oh, yeah. on the Celtics in a sense. Oh yeah. And you're right. He definitely has an insane upside. He's going to take a little bit to develop, but the Grizzlies can afford to do that right now. Exactly. Uh, especially because they have like, they have like two firsts this year. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think they have a second this year as well. So, I mean, they can take whoever the heck they want and just sit in the background and develop them if they want to because they're, yeah. uh, they're already winning right now. All right, so the last pick of this mock draft is the Thunder via Phoenix. So why don't you go ahead and tell us who they picked out. Um, I'm just going to go with the guy who's kind of been falling. He was, like, at best – like supposed to go in like the low twenties, um, so it's it's not it's definitely not unrealistic that he'd still be here at thirty. But I'm gonna go with Blake Wesley. Yeah, at Notre Dame, I feel like he has like probably the most upside out of like anyone left. Not of anyone, but I feel like he's definitely the best available. He's a good value pick. Yeah, sure. Um, his, I mean, his calling card is going to be defense for right now. Um, his scoring is going to need to be improved, even though he, I do see the, you can see like the shades of like, yeah. oh, this guy could do it. Like he, he's a little shifty sometimes and he could, he can get there. He's just got to learn how to finish better and shoot better, especially, but I like how he plays. Like, I just like watching him. If like, if he can just put it together and actually finish his shots and actually uh, hit his shots in general I think he would be a fantastic player I'm, I think he's a very thunder pick I think they have the means to develop him they got a very good developmental team yeah. they obviously have plenty of guys that are projects right now so they'll fit right in with the just kind of how the team's going and I think he can sit he can learn a bit from SGA he can kind of watch Trey Mann because I feel like obviously he's not going to be the scorer Trey Mann is but I think he's got like a lot of the same like quirks. Like he's shifty. Yeah. He's he's got shake like Trey Man. He's got like the mobility of him. He's just like bigger. So I think if watching guys like Shea or Trey Man just will kind of help him like offensively just become a scorer. All right. So that wraps up our mock draft. Uh, I also want to shout out some people who we didn't get the draft who could be available. I mean, a, lo- a lot of these guys, I'd say from like 21 and on. 
any of these guys could go interchangeably within the first and second round. Like I think the only locks for the first are all the way up to 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just how this, this draft is like the tier of talent is just not that big between 21, yeah. and like, like 50, mm-hmm. you know, that, maybe not that low, but like 40 at least. Yeah. Um, honorable mentions, uh, Wendell Moore, uh, Christian Brown, uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr., who, look, I'm going to be honest, like, if he didn't have such a horrible combine, I could maybe see the Thunder take him at 30, but, like, he would, he looked horrible. He, like, he looked yeah. so bad at Milwaukee. Then, it, then to come out and have, like, one of the lowest verts ever, like, <laughs> not a good look, man. Bryce McGowan's, Kendall Brown. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, Trevor, he, he had, like, a, a lot of buzz. It's died down, but yeah, yeah, because the offense is just a couple, couple other guys that I personally like, Caleb Houston. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a good player. Um, and then a guy very high upside, Leonard Miller. Yeah, six ten, six eleven, freak could be a very good offensive player. Yeah, and I also want to shout out uh, Peyton Watson. Uh, Trevor Keels, I think, has a chance to go in the first. Um, and then the rest of these guys probably don't are not going to go in the first, but early second, Josh Min, Josh Minot, uh, Josh Minot, Hugo Besson, and Hyungjun Lee. And I think that covers basically everything we got right now. So and Julian Newman and Kai Soto, but you stop it. Bro. All right, get this kid off. All right, I'm kicking you off the pod. You're not coming back on the pod. <laughs> Wait, no, 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 that was all right. All right, but, uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, if we if you liked our picks, let us know in the comments. Let us know what we messed up on, what we did good on. If we completely just blanked on somebody, we totally could have completely blanked on somebody. But I think we covered all our bases. Um, yeah. Roast us if you want to in the comments. Yeah. It'll be a fun time. Ivan Burt. I'm yeah. From Jaden. By Jaden. And we got Mr. West over here. Yeah. Thank I, you all for watching. I've publicly shamed the whole Wizards fan base. But it's, it's all good. Man, relax. (laughs) Uh, All right. Thank you all for watching. Have a good night. Appreciate it.